What's up, everyone? Welcome into Shot Callers, a storied rivals podcast where we sit down with high school football coaches in our area in the Muskingum Valley League and in the Licking County League. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day, whether you're listening uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or watching on the storied rivals sports media YouTube page. We really appreciate it. Today, we're with the Philo Electrics in the big school division of the Muskingum Valley League, and head coach Dirk Lincecum is joining the show, entering his 14th year as head coach. Uh, coach, Thanks so much for joining the show today uh, here on Shot Callers. Really appreciate the time. Chop it up about some football for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, how are you? How's your summer going? You able to do any trips this summer before you kind of got locked in um, and, and you know get ready for week one and things like that? Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be on here with you guys. Um, yeah, funny thing is I'm actually sitting in North Carolina right now poolside. So uh, that was our one trip that we had planned. Um, we have some family down here that we like to come down and spend the week with right before things crank up for two a days. So uh, it's kind of become a tradition for us to come down here and we really enjoy it and we can just uh, relax for a little bit before things start to move full speed. Sure. How long have you been vacationing down there? Um, we came down Sunday. So today's Wednesday. We'll be here for a few more days and um, nice. try to enjoy some, some sunshine and swimming and um, you know, take in a uh, Durham Bulls game tomorrow and uh, had some time on the boat yesterday down on Jordan Lake. So really just nice to get away for a little bit, kind of recharge and um, get some last minute things pulled together before uh, two a days. For sure. Yeah. So you started coaching uh, the head, you were the head coach at Philo, you coming in in 2010 and football has kind of changed so much, um, you know, over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. Um, and, you know, it's primarily more of a, a focus on passing than it is running the football, especially like at the college and, and the pro level. Uh, and then like rules have changed so much as well, where the, the middle of the field is, I mean, usually at all times, it's almost wide open. So, I mean, how is your, how have your off seasons changed as far as getting rise, getting guys ready to play um, each season? Has it changed much as the chain, as the game has changed over the years, getting guys ready for the start of a new season? Yeah. You know, it kind of has, um, you're showing my age there a little bit saying that I've been the head coach since 2010, but uh, that is a fact. So there's no denying that this is year number 14. Um, the summers have changed for us because, uh, you know, defensively, there's not a heck of a lot you can do without pads on. So you're really limited in some of the uh, some of the install, the drills. So hand shields can be useful and the guardian caps are useful, but you know, basically it's a time to get your um, your offense synchronized, um, have some work with your receivers on running sharp routes, a lot of quarterback emphasis, um, offensive line emphasis on understanding concepts, memorizing rules, working together, um, a lot of time in the weight room and in the agility station. So it's kind of like uh, a continuation of spring workouts, but with helmets on um, now that we're able to do a little bit more in helmets. So just trying to get kids adjusted and, you know, we try to be as efficient as we can with our workouts. We, we feel that there's a sweet spot where we, we don't want to go past too much time on the field with the kids in any certain drill. Um, you know, an old teacher's uh, secret is 20 minutes is a long time to be doing one thing. So we try to keep kids moving. Um, allow a lot of time for questions and answers to gain clarity. And so, yeah, a lot more emphasis on the offensive side of the ball. We're basically two to one, how we split up our practices, offense to defense. We do start uh, implementing our special teams 
um, throughout the summer too. Certainly the punt and the kickoff, two of the most important. And, um, you know, it, it's a system that we've used for the better part of 10 years. We give our kids the last week of July off to get away from football, to get those physicals, dentist appointments, um, family vacations, things like that taken care of before we come back and, and start into our game prep. So I want to get into this season, you know, the 2023 season here in a few minutes, but I, I, I really want to ask you, you know, about your days playing pro football in the arena league. Cause uh, I mean, making the NFL or just playing anything pro um, at any level, like playing at the highest level, it's so hard to do NFL, NBA, baseball. It's just, it's so difficult, but um, to talk to someone that has played professionally at one of the highest levels is, is pretty awesome. So like, could you kind of talk about what it takes to play, you know, football at one of the highest levels that we see in the world? Um, and like, what is that grind like, man? That's a good question. And, you know, honestly that will, that was a long time ago. So I'm going to have to reach back in the filing cabinet here for a second. Um, I played my last football game on my 24th birthday would have been August 3rd of 2002 in Augusta, Georgia. Um, as far as the grind, you know, arena football was a little bit less of a grind than college football was. Most of what I learned um, playing college football up at Ashland really taught me. It was a continuation of high school two-a-days. Um, takes a lot of focus, a lot of energy. Um, you have to know when you need to take a nap, even if you're not tired. Um, when to eat, to gain weight, even when you're not hungry how to hydrate yourself even when you're not thirsty. So the, the discipline part of it is very important. Not to mention college sports uh, are a job um, while you're at college. The, the time that's involved and, you know, with the meetings and the practices and the film uh, in the coach's office, uh, team meetings are just, um, it's hard to believe you can squeeze that many hours into a day. Certainly when you're a freshman or sophomore in college, but, you know, you do kind of get used to it and it sort of just becomes a part of your routine. Um, moving on to arena football for me was um, it, it was an adjustment because you're you're on your own. I mean, you're expected to be a professional, an adult. You're not going to have a coach nagging at you to get this done or to be here or to be on time there. You don't get punished for being late. Uh, you, you get fired and you're on the next bus out of town. So. Those are things that require a lot of ownership. And um, if you want to stick around long, you got to figure out what it is that um, you need to work on. And that's not always easy to take that look, you know, in the mirror and find out what am I not good at? How, how can I bring value to my team so that they keep me around? So it, th that part was an adjustment. As far as the, um, you know, being a professional, when I played in arena football, we made $200 a game. Uh, 250 if we want. So there was a $50 win bonus. Oh, okay. Big incentive right there, an extra $50 bill. Of course, after taxes, that ended up being about $213. <laughs> Luckily, I was on a pretty good team, and, and we did have a good record. So there were some win bonuses both years that I was in Augusta. But my big thing was I broke in as a long snapper. And even though I was the third fullback and linebacker in the rotation, I got to travel every time. And do the long snapping until I made my way into the starting lineup. And, and then it was, you know, the responsibilities on top of that, you know, became a lot heavier, but uh, I loved every minute of it. 
Um, it was a lot of fun to be able to play football and get paid to do so. Never took that for granted. I did have a part-time job mixing paint in Augusta, uh, working for a tree service. I even did some time at a, uh, a realty company, um, running errands for them. So it was a very busy time, but again, you know, 23, 24 years old. And, um, you know, I had a college degree, but I wasn't ready to start into teaching yet. I wanted to exhaust all my opportunities with football that I could. And I still had the, the, the itch to, to be on the field. So arena football provided that opportunity for me that, you know, obviously I couldn't, I had a tryout with the Browns, um, after I graduated, but, uh, couldn't, couldn't get, uh, couldn't get anyone convinced that I was good enough to be in the NFL. So, uh, arena football was the next best option for me. So took advantage of that and had two good years in Augusta, nothing like it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, you know, it was part of my growing up process being 10 hours from home and, uh, having to rely on myself mostly, but, uh, I was surrounded by good people that had common goals as well. So that made it a little bit easier transition for me. So, so what's an NFL tryout like then? Because I mean, not very often you get to talk to, talk to someone who is, you know, tried out for an NFL team, been reached out to by an NFL team. You go out there and try to make an NFL roster. Like, what is that like to try to, you know, make the NFL, I guess. Well, I actually um, got that opportunity. I, I had been, at a banquet for a postgraduate scholarship in Northeast Ohio, I believe it was Twinsburg, and received the award. And the the head coach for the Browns at that time was Chris Palmer. Again, I'm aging myself here a little bit because this was around 2000. And Joe Paterno was also a keynote speaker there. And each one of the recipients of the awards got to go up and shake hands with both of those coaches. And as I was shaking Coach Palmer's hand, you know, I had already played my last college football game. Um, this was just probably a month before I graduated from Ashland in 2000. So I shook his hand and I said to him, I plan on seeing you um, in camp. Um, not sure that that was what he was expecting to hear, but I must have caught him off guard enough because he gave me the name of a guy who organized their local tryout for area college football players. Nothing happened for the next few weeks. I graduated from Ashland. Um, had my degree, moved back home, was at home for a couple days and got a phone call from a guy named Les Miller from the Cleveland Browns personnel office. And he said, this was on a Monday. He said, can you be up here Wednesday for a tryout? And my first thought was, <laughs> I'm not ready for a tryout, but he basically gave me a take it or leave it uh, offer. And I said, I'll be there. So I hung up the phone, called my head coach at Ashland, Gary Keller, and said, you know, let him know what was going on. And he said, come back up to Ashland. We'll put you with James Carsey, who was our um, strength and conditioning. Actually, he was a graduate student at that point, I believe. Um, I worked with him for a day and a half. He got me ready for the tryout, told me what to expect, worked on some stuff with me. And, um, and I went up and had my tryout that Wednesday and didn't get offered a contract or an invitation to camp, but... Uh, pretty elite company up there and certainly some of the receivers and DBs some of the times they were popping on 40 yard dash were I, the first time I ever saw a guy run a 4-3 and it looked like he was gliding it looked like he was water skiing across the turf that's how that's how fast he was going how smooth it was so that opened my eyes to the level of talent that really is in the NFL that that's incredible I mean 
somehow I'm going to try to segue to Philo football now for this season, but that that's an awesome story. And I would definitely love to talk more about, I guess, your time playing in arena football league and, and, you know, trying out for the Browns, um, you know, at some point, you know, later on, but we'll, we'll dive into this season now for your Philo electric. So last year you were five and five, you made the playoffs, um, but you had 16 seniors on the squad last year. So you're losing a lot of, a um, lot of, leaders experience and things like that you have two quarterbacks Demetrius Strickland and Case Fink graduated four wide receivers that were seniors last year um, three guys that played on the offensive line and the defensive line uh, you had three linebackers Drew Lincecum Zach Savage Ty Moorhead I mean who do the who do the electrics this year have stepping in to those roles those skill positions up front in the middle of your defense who do they who do you have stepping up this year um, and who who are we going to expect to see for the electrics in 2023? Yeah, those are all good points. Uh, we did have an experienced team last year with 16 seniors, and um, it was a lot of fun to coach that group. They worked um, extremely hard. We felt like last year um, we we didn't meet expectations that we had set out um, in the preseason, and that you know that was something that weighed heavy on that group, and and it still weighs heavy on us as a coaching staff. Um, we felt like we were better than our record showed uh, early in the season. Um, we had a uh, we had a seven point loss to Carrollton, a one point loss to Morgan, and then a five point loss to Riverview. That was in our first four weeks, so that that definitely tested the the glue of our team. And then we were able to come back week five and um, and and beat a good West Muskingum team that came down to the last play of the game, and then go to Crooksville and get a win. So so we felt like um, in the middle part of the season we were sort of uh, starting to click on all cylinders, um, and then we, we we finished the season with two wins to make the playoffs. So um, underachieved a little bit last year. Um, I'll take that responsibility because it's my job to get that team ready and to prepare them for every situation that they're going to see. So obviously we didn't do a good enough job, and um, that's not something that we've taken lightly um, this off season. We, we've tried to, as a coaching staff, put a lot more emphasis on the individuals rather than the scheme. Um, really try to develop that skill and talent at each of those spots that you mentioned where we have shoes to fill. Um, we feel like we do have a, a pretty strong experience secondary coming back. Um, we, we feel like we're pretty athletic. Um, we we obviously can't replace some of those guys that, that were on that defense or on that offense. Um, Talon Preston uh, did uh, start the second half of the season for us at quarterback, so we feel like we do have some experience coming back there the guy who who can make plays and um, you know a couple of our running backs were guys that didn't have a lot of varsity reps last year but definitely a lot of talent and skill there that we can build off of um, unfortunately you, you, you there's no teacher like experience so trying to get them plenty of reps this summer and um, in our scrimmages that are coming up uh, has been an important focus of, of ours um, but no I mean we you know the, the options we have are, develop the guys that you have. And that's what we focused on. We can't get those seniors back that graduated. Uh, we are gonna miss them. And uh, certainly in, in certain places, especially, but you know, our only option is to develop the guys that we have. So that's what we've spent our time, you know, trying to focus on. So, um, you know, that's where our work has been this summer is trying to get those guys in situations to teach them and help them learn as fast as possible. and. That's probably not uncommon from any other coach that you'll speak to on this podcast is, you know, trying to get those guys game ready as soon as possible, develop that depth, because 
everybody's one play away from being the guy, even if they don't realize that. And uh, what I often tell our players is, I don't know exactly when I'm going to need you, but I just know that I'm going to need you. Uh, the only thing I don't know is when. It could be week one. It could be week seven. It could be in our first scrimmage. You know, um, a helmet comes off. You need another guy to go in the game. Uh, an ankle gets rolled. You need another guy to be ready to go in the game. Um, and, and, and guys need to be battling for positions right now because we don't have any starters written down. You know, we're zero and zero right now, and, and we will be for the next few weeks uh, and, until August 17th when we travel to Athens. So um, every every man should be chasing uh, that starting lineup spot because that competition is what makes us better. And uh, so that's where that's where we're focusing. Well, Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and talk with us on Shot Callers today. Continued success. Looking forward to what the electrics do. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your vacation. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. And um, thank you for uh, putting the spotlight on our kiddos. And uh, anybody that's watching, come out and uh, see us play at Sam Hatfield Stadium. Our first home game is uh, August 25th against Carrollton at home. So hope to see a bunch of you people there.